So we are in the middle of this series uh, this October, and we are talking about ghosts. And so all month long, we've talked about uh, different ghosts that we experience throughout our lives. The, the first week, a couple weeks ago, uh, we talked about the ghosts of our past and how sometimes our past can kind of follow us around and haunt us and how to uh, handle that because how we handle our past and accept the love and forgiveness of Jesus affects how we move into our future. Uh, and then last week, we talked about the Holy Ghost that leads us into the future and how we can better follow him. Uh, and so if, if you miss those, they're on uh, Facebook and YouTube. Go check those out. Uh, but tonight, we are talking about what you would typically think about this month when you mention ghosts. We are talking about paranormal activity. Is it real? All right. So we're going to kind of dive in uh, a, a little bit here this morning. But first, I want to share with you uh, a few interesting stories. Uh, I grew up in Plainfield, and from a very, very young age, I uh, was told stories, ghostly stories, from around this time of year. One uh, was the story of the Horace Reeves house, and I think I've got a picture of this. The Horace Reeves house, also called the Camby house. This was about 15 minutes from my parents' house, and this house was built in 1857. For a long time, it was one of the largest dairy farms in Indiana. This house um, was uh, a staple in Indiana. And then, supposedly, something happened. And supposedly, a family was murdered in the house. And the murder was never solved. And so, they decided, supposedly, to put up this fence around the house and decades later, they continued, supposedly, to investigate the murder. Now, years later, the airport, the Indianapolis International Airport, came through and bought a whole bunch of houses off of people and leveled the entire ground uh, because of noise pollution and something else that was going on. I'm not really sure what all was involved in that. But anyway, this house was one of the only houses left standing in the neighborhood because it was a historical landmark and, supposedly, there was still an ongoing investigation. But this house was creepy. There, there were rumors that if you drove past this house at night, you could see someone staring out the upstairs window looking at you as you drove past. So, first creepy story, um, and I did drive past this house. It was very creepy. Um, but, but there it is. That's, that's the first one that I heard about growing up uh, in just a little bit away from this area. The second one was the first place that I ever heard that could possibly be haunted. It was called the Haunted Bridge in Avon, Indiana. It was about a half hour from where I lived. And I can remember even like at six years old, my grandparents driving me under this bridge and telling me the story of how it was haunted. Supposedly, uh, there are two haunted stories that go along with this bridge right here. The first one is that a worker on the bridge died while working in it and fell into the wet cement. He was never found and was buried there. And if you drive past to this day, you can still hear his moans. The second one was the story of a mom 
and a baby who were walking across the railroad tracks and slipped and fell to their deaths. And it is said that as you drive by, you can hear the screams coming from the bridge. Spooky, right? Ghost stories. We love ghost stories. And, and growing up, I always heard about these and, and I was always intrigued. Like, hey, could that possibly be real? Could there really be ghosts? What does the Bible have to say about this? And so I started kind of digging into um, what the Bible has to say about ghosts and um, and the spiritual realm. And, uh, and here's what I found out. The Bible doesn't say a whole lot. Like if you go in and you start looking for um, for what it says about ghosts and angels and demons. There are a few things we're going to go through these that we can know for sure, but outside of those few things, the Bible says very, very, very little about how we interact with ghosts and angels and demons in the spiritual realm. So, so I'm going to dive in. I've got a list of things that we know for sure and a list of things that we don't know for sure. And I've got scripture verses to back all those up. But we are not going to spend the entire night me just reading scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture. If you want those verses, I would love to give those to you. Um, and so come talk to me. We can talk more in depth about this. Actually, our family around lunch uh, today talked about this had a real in-depth conversation. It was really cool. But, but here's, as I dug in, here's some things that we know for sure as we start to look at this spiritual realm, ghosts, angels, demons, specters, all that good stuff. Here's some things we know for sure. The first one is this. God is real. That's pretty, uh, if you are a Jesus follower, that's one that you're like, yeah, I can get behind that. God is real. Um, there are, the whole Bible is about how God is real. Um, and so we can all pretty much get behind that idea that God is real. We have to start there. The second one is this. It is that Satan, oh, sorry, we're going to go here first. Angels are real. God is real. Angels are real. We see throughout scripture that angels come and talk to people. Gabriel came and talked to Mary. Um, and, and angels came at the resurrection and talked to people. We know that angels are real. All right. So we know God is real. We know angels are real. We can definitely know that. Third thing is this. We know that Satan is real. We know that God is here. We know that he has an enemy. His name is Satan. And he is fighting against God and uh, wants to take our souls away from God and separate us from God. We know Satan is real. We also know that demons are real. Now, let me give you a little bit of a backstory uh, for, for what happened here. God created, before he ever created the earth, uh, he created angels. And there were some different hierarchies of angels. And one of the uh, most high angels was actually Satan. He was created as an angel that was good. And his pride got the best of him. And he tried to overtake God's throne. And then there was this big 
battle in heaven. And you can read about this. Uh, there are some prophecies uh, in Isaiah and in Revelation and in Ezekiel that kind of talk about this and, and allude to this. Uh, and scholars are pretty sure, you know, they are alluding to what happened here. Um, and Jesus even talks about this a little bit in the Gospels. And there was this giant battle that went on in heaven. And God obviously won because he's God and, uh, and he is all powerful. Uh, and so God won and he threw Satan and all of his angels down out of heaven. So that's where we get God and angels and then Satan who tried to overtake God and all of his angels that are that are thrown out of heaven. So we know God is real, angels are real, Satan is real, demons are real. We also know this. God is everywhere. God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. We can, we can know that for sure. God is everywhere. God is all-knowing. And God is all-powerful. Last thing we can know for sure is this. Angels, demons, Satan, they are not everywhere. They are not all-powerful, and they are not all-knowing. These, these last two get really, really important when we start to look at this whole idea of angels and demons and the spiritual realm of things. We know that God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and everywhere, and we know that angels, demons, and Satan are not all-powerful. They are not all-knowing, and they are not everywhere. Now, those are the things we know. There are also some things that we don't know. Some things that we as, uh, as Christians, and I have to apologize because I have in the past preached like there are some things that I knew that I just don't know. That, that we do not know. Scripture alludes to them in different ways. Um, and scholars kind of argue over uh, which way you fall. Uh, but we don't know these next things for sure. The first thing we don't know is we don't know how many angels or demons there are. We don't know how many angels or demons there are. Now think about this, okay? I don't remember what scripture it is. So you'll have to forgive me for this. I would have to look it up. Somewhere in scripture it says there are 10,000 times 10,000 angels alluding to a number in a specific, uh, specific event that was going on. Okay, so we know there are a certain number of angels. We don't know how many angels fell with Satan. We don't know how many demons there are that roam the earth. But remember what we do know. We do know that demons are not, cannot be everywhere. So, I think a lot of times I, as a minister, have said, when a demon whispers in your ear, well, that would mean that a specific demon that cannot be everywhere has decided to follow me around. And if that happens, we don't know how many demons there are, but there's a whole lot of people on the earth. And I don't know about you, but I have not had a whole lot of experiences 
with demons. And so as I've really dived into this and I've really thought, okay, we don't know how many demons there are. How much of what I attribute to demons or Satan, Satan can't be everywhere, is just my own personal struggle. How much of that is my own personal humanity? Now, do I fight that? Absolutely. Do I try to draw closer to God? Without a doubt. Are demons real? And do demons really uh, have an influence in this earth? Yeah, I think they probably do. But I think a lot of times I have given my own difficulties too much power in my life. God is all-powerful. Demons are not. We have no idea how many demons there are. We don't know if there's enough demons for a demon to follow every single person on this earth around. My guess is there's not. My guess is we have a human nature that is pulled both directions toward God and away from God. And as humans, we have a choice to make. So that's really, really important. We don't know how many angels and demons there are. Second thing that is really, really important that we recognize when we start to talk about ghosts is this. We don't know what happens to us immediately after we die. I know, I know, I know, I know. If you're listening to this online or sitting in these chairs, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've heard verses about what happens after we die. Absolutely you have. There are verses in the Bible that say, once you die, you go to heaven. But then there are also verses in the Bible that say you die, and then at a later date, there's judgment, and there's only one judgment. And in those verses, they, we have to remember the context. We have to remember that those writers were writing to a specific people for a specific purpose in a specific time. We don't know what happens immediately after we die. Okay. It's really, really important to remember. It's possible that, yes, we die and immediately we go up to heaven. It's possible that we die and we just kind of are there until Jesus decides that uh, it's time to take everybody up to heaven. So, so here's, here's the question that you've all been waiting for, the question that has come to you all night. Uh, are ghosts real? Here's my answer. Are you ready? I have no idea. Not a clue. I have absolutely no idea whether ghosts are real or not. I can tell you for a fact that I have driven past places like the Canby House, and I have driven under the Haunted Bridge. And when I was in college, my friends and I, uh, we drove to some places that were supposed to be haunted. And guess what? I've never experienced a ghost. Never happened. Uh, I freaked myself out a little bit because of what could possibly happen, but nothing really happened. I have no idea if ghosts are real. 
I think there are a few possibilities when we start to look at the realm of ghosts, and these are just possibilities. You pick the one that you think best fits, um, but just know that wherever you land, we cannot definitively say, this is the answer right here, because we have no idea. We have absolutely no idea. So, when I look at everything the Bible has to say about ghosts and angels and demons and specters and all that good stuff, here's what I've come down to, a few possibilities to answer the question, are ghosts real? First of all, just know, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know if they're real or not. Some people swear they are, some people swear they aren't. Here's the first possibility. The first possibility is this. Ghosts are real people that come back to share a message with us. That's a possibility. Now, here's the thing. I am not going to say, no, God can't do that. Because guess what? There's nothing in the Bible that says this doesn't happen. And God is God. God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Because guess what? He is all powerful. Is it possible that ghosts are real people coming back to share a message with us. Uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a possibility. Have I personally ever experienced that? No. But I do know that in Matthew 17, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up onto a mountainside, and he, what they call, transfigures himself. Do you know what transfiguration means? No. Carter, that's right. Guess what transfiguration means? turned into a spirit. Okay, hold on now just a minute. Jesus goes up on this mountain with his disciples and he turns himself into a spirit before them. And guess what else happens? Elijah and Moses both come in spirit form as ghosts to hang out with these three disciples, to show the power of God, to send a message. So is it possible that ghosts could come back to send a message with us? Yeah, I think it's possible. Is it common? I've never experienced it. Is it probable? I don't know. I'm not really sure. You'll have to answer that for yourselves. But I do think that is a very real possibility. Here's another possibility as I, as I dug in and, and started reading about this. Ghosts of people aren't real. But demons can take a ghostly figure to scare us, hurt us, and lead us away from God. That's another very real possibility. We die, we either go to heaven, or we stay in a sleep-like state until God says it's judgment time, and then we go to heaven or get judged. But is it possible that demons can take a ghostly form if we say... Hey, spirits, come to me. That's a possibility. Is it risky? That's kind of risky. I, I can think back to, uh, um, to times that, that I went ghost hunting. Uh, like I went to this covered bridge, and you were supposed to shut off your lights and sit on this one-lane covered bridge in the dark in your car, on a road, with no lights on. If a demon showed up 
as a ghost. Who knows what our reaction would have been or if another car was coming when a ghost a demon showed up as a ghost. Who knows what could have possibly happened? It could have been very tragic. I know that here in America, um, you ask people here in America, do you have experience with demons uh, or with demons as ghosts? You probably will not get a whole lot of answers. Yeah, I had this experience. Let me tell you this story. But if you ask someone who has been a missionary in Haiti or Africa, where there is a huge practice of witchcraft and voodoo and the occult, which the occult is the worship of Satan. If you go ask them, hey, have you ever had experiences with demons showing up in ghostly form? They will be able to share some stories with you. So is it possible that this is what ghosts are that we talk about at Halloween? Yeah, I think it's possible. Do I think it's common? I've never experienced it. And my guess is most of you in this room have never experienced anything like that. The third possibility as I think about ghosts is this. Third possibility is that ghosts aren't real. Demons don't take ghostly form, but they do kind of work in a spiritual way behind the scenes and, uh, and try to influence us away from God. That's the third possibility, that ghosts aren't real. Demons don't take ghostly form. Uh, people that claim to have these experiences, they're just imagining things. Which one of these is most likely? I have no idea. I know, I'm giving you guys all kinds of answers tonight. I mean, this is just what you wanted to hear. I have absolutely no idea which one of these is more likely. I have absolutely no idea which one of these, where I would land on these. Um, but I know those are uh, some very real possibilities. Um, I can still remember driving uh, to places like the Canby House. Uh, and years ago, the house burnt down and now it's just an empty, vacant lot. Um, but I can still remember driving to the Canby House. I can still remember driving under the haunted bridge and, uh, and just the, the spookiness and the eeriness of the feeling. Um, but I never saw anything. I've never experienced a ghost. I've never experienced a demon in the way that you would say, are demons real? Um, and, and so are ghosts real? I don't know. I think at the end of the day, the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about ghosts. But, it does mention um, sorcery. It does mention witchcraft and how we, uh, how we relate and interact with witchcraft. Paul mentions it in Galatians chapter 5. And, and if you start to look up sorcery, witchcraft, um, and things of the spiritual realm, there's not a whole lot on it. But, but in Galatians chapter 5, it's one of the few places where it is found. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful desires, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Now, 
Here's why I mentioned this. Because my guess is most of you sitting in this room, as we think about ghosts and spirits and interacting with the spiritual realm, that's not something that you struggle with. Just not. And I think a lot of times we can get fixated on things that we don't struggle with and we can forget that the things that we do struggle with pull us away from God just as much as the things that we don't struggle with. I think it's really important to remember that when we hear, man, that person is into witchcraft, we're like, oh, goodness, they're into witchcraft. But then you look at this verse and they're like, all right, here's witchcraft. Uh, that person is really jealous. We're like, oh, yeah, well, everybody's jealous. Well, uh, according to this verse, like, you're into witchcraft, you're jealous. Both of those are pulling you away from God. And so as we think about this idea of ghosts and, and sin in general, I think it's really, really important that we remember that as human nature, we tend to focus on the things we don't struggle with and be like, holy cow, that is a big deal. Like that person bought a Ouija board and they're like calling on other spirits. And then we're like, you know, anger. Well, yeah, I get angry. And we have to remember that jealousy, anger, being selfish, causing division among people that follow Jesus, those are in that same list with sorcery and witchcraft. And so I, I want to challenge you guys tonight as we think about ghosts. The honest to goodness truth is I have absolutely no idea if ghosts are real. But I do know that there are some things on this list that I struggle with. There are some things on this list that probably you struggle with. And so I think a better question to ask ourselves, rather than focusing on this area that uh, if we really learned the answer, would it change our relationship with God, our ghost reel? And if we focus there, we will never know the answer. But I tell you what, if I focus on making sure I'm selfish less, is that going to change my relationship with God? Absolutely it is. So I want to challenge you guys, are ghosts real? I have no idea. To be honest, is it worth my time really thinking about it? I mean, be aware, know what you know, angels are real, demons are real, Satan is real, but let's focus on the things that are pulling us away from God. Our personal ghosts, the things that we struggle with, our jealousy, our anger, our selfishness, our frustration. Those are the things that pull us away from God. And I think Paul would look at us and say, dude, 
Who, who cares if ghosts are real? Let's be more loving. Let's be more kind. Let's be less selfish. Let's be less angry. Let's show people what a life in Jesus truly, honestly looks like. I don't know if ghosts are real. Do I think that trying to access the spiritual realm is risky? If I'm being 100% honest with you, this is me personally, okay? This is just my own personal opinion. Do I think it's risky trying to access a spiritual realm? Yeah, I think it's kind of risky. For me personally, is it worth the risk? No, I'm probably not going to try to call on ghosts or spirits. Now, is there a difference for me personally, telling spooky stories like I told you tonight, but not calling on spirits within those spooky stories? For me, again, this is just me, those are just stories. Just a story like, hey, an over an open gym, I went and I threw the football tonight. Now, there's a difference between stories and calling on spirits. For me personally, calling on spirits is pretty risky. I'm probably not going to do that. But I think that even more than focusing on ghosts, I've got some things in my own life that I struggle with that are absolutely real, that are pulling me away from God, that I have to work on. I can be less selfish. I can be less angry. I can be less quarrelsome. I can show more love. I can be more serving. And that's where we need to focus. That's where we need to, to draw our attention to. And so, uh, uh, real quickly here, I'm, I'm going to finish up, but how do we deal with making ourselves better? How do we deal with our own personal ghosts? I think there are three things we need to do. First one is this. It would be really, really fast. First one is this. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. I struggle with fill in the blank. What's your own personal ghost? My guess is it's not witchcraft, sorcery, or calling on the spirits. My guess is something that in our world we completely normalize. Let's be honest with ourselves about what we struggle with. The second thing is this. Be honest with someone around you and ask for help. Be honest and tell someone else. Say, man, go to a trusted adult. Go to your parents. It's scary. It's terrifying to have that conversation. But go to them and be like, hey, I am really struggling here. And I need your help. And allow them to walk you through that difficulty. And the third thing is this. And this one is really important. Live the life you were created for. Truly know Jesus came and died on the cross to give you life. And you can celebrate the forgiveness that he offers you. We aren't stuck in our sin. We aren't stuck with the ghosts that haunt us right now, the things that we struggle with. We're not stuck there. Jesus died. He forgave that. He said we were worthy of forgiveness and moving on in life. We're not stuck there. We can celebrate life and the best possible life that we can live 
is a life that follows Jesus. And we can celebrate that life. And we can keep chasing that life. And that life will be something that we chase until the day that we die. It will be something that we never stop getting better and better and better and better and better at. Living the life Jesus created us to live. Growing more and more and more with God. And so tonight, the personal uh, challenge, the practical challenge is simply this. Look at this list from Galatians 5. Find one thing on there. Or if, if there's something else that's not on the list, this list that you know, man, this is it. This is the thing I struggle with. That's your thing. But this is a list just to kind of kickstart your brain a little bit. What's your personal ghost? And then what can you do about it? Practical challenge right here. What, what do you need to do? Maybe you need to be honest with yourself. Maybe for a long time you're like, I don't struggle with that. And you just need to be honest and say, yeah, yeah, I do. Or maybe you know you struggle, but you, you, you are just hiding it and you're keeping it a secret. You need to tell someone. You need to tell a trusted adult. You need to tell your parents. Or, or maybe you have struggled with it and you've worked on it and you fought it, but you are just stuck in this, in this life where you are living a life that is filled with shame because of all of the things that, that you are feeling on yourself because of what you've done. And you need to celebrate the life that Jesus says that he gave you. You need to celebrate the fact that you are forgiven and you are free and you can move forward and move on. And the best life that you can live in is in Jesus Christ. And you are moving toward that life. And you need to just celebrate that and, and, and take your mind and say, I feel shame, but God says, I'm not shameful. I'm worthy. Which one of those do you need in your own life and in your own heart? My practical challenge to you is to identify what's your personal ghost? And what step do you need to take? I'm going to pray for you guys. God, thank you so much for tonight and the chance to be here. And-